0: Welcome to the Give Back Economy, a podcast about social innovation and social enterprise. Now with your host, Peter Miller.
1: Welcome, and today we're going to talk to Shirley Coughlin of Downsizing Diva, which is a service but also a social enterprise. And we're going to find out more about what that's all about, because it's a very interesting name. So, (laughs) Shirley, tell us about your academic background. Where did you go to school?
2: Oh, wow, that was a while ago, Peter. Uh, uh, I went to school uh, at Ryerson. Well, it was called Ryerson Polytechnic. Gosh, I don't know what it's called now. I think it has a new name uh, in Toronto. Uh, But I actually took home economics, believe it or not, as a degree. And then, uh, yeah, it's just been, uh, that's a long time ago, though, you know?
1: Okay. What about your work experience?
2: Well, for years, I worked with uh, Loblaw's company doing uh, consumer research and so on. But then more recently, uh, before Downsizing Diva, my husband Terry and I had a company uh, which was a merchandising company. So we would build displays for uh, big box stores, and we had about a hundred people across the country who would then go in and teach people how to use those displays. And then for the last almost 12 years now, we've been uh, the franchise uh, owners of Downsizing Diva here in Markham, Ontario.
0: So Terry, who's the boss? It depends on what we're doing. depends on which day. (laughs) We realize each other's strengths and weaknesses. We are one of the very few couples that can live and work together. Most couples, when you talk to them about that, look for a knife or a fork to stick in their eye or their ear. But we know each other's strengths and weaknesses. We know what we're trying to achieve. We do different jobs that complement each other. And uh, if we are loading or unloading, uh, I may well be the boss. If we're doing the planning or some of the actual diva work, then surely certainly the boss.
1: So, Shirley, tell me about Downsizing Diva. It started 2001 or something like that.
2: Yes, uh, uh, a while, yeah, many, many moons ago, uh, and it was started um, originally in East York by two lovely ladies who, uh, one used to be a realtor, um, the other a teacher, and they, saw the need. Often people see the need through their own experiences in their own family and so on, don't they? So uh they saw the need for people who are downsizing, typically um elder folks, you know, who don't have the, the uh the energy, the time or they just don't want to do it themselves, um, to help them through the move process. And that's really where it started. And then uh they franchise they They have a number of franchisees now um, across Ontario, uh, of which we're one. And it is just a wonderful, it's a great way to make money and also give back.
1: Well, that's what I was going to focus on next. It's the giving back that makes you a social enterprise. And you may not have been familiar with that term, but that's my area of expertise. Yes. So as a social enterprise, tell us some examples of how you give back.
2: Well, a lot of the times, a lot of it, I guess, surrounds um, people are moving from larger spaces to smaller spaces. They can only take a finite amount of things with them. And there's always a lot of things left over that they no longer need or want. And those things need to find new homes. So a lot of that, um, I guess, revolves around donating and finding new homes for a lot of the things that uh, that are now surplus goods. Okay.
1: And Terry, you did us a favour by taking out two uh, very big chairs and also one bad couch. Mm-hmm. So... Terry, tell us where the
0: chairs went. The, uh, the Ukrainian. chairs went to the Ukrainian family. We have a, about 35 to 40 Ukrainian families moving into Mark and Stovall area. And we have one contact person. And she has worked now with Shirley for several months seeing what we have at any point in time in the way of furniture and furnishings and housewares, all of which are important because these people, for the most part, come with nothing, much more than clothes on their back and some hope. And they are often in below-grade apartments. The reason I mentioned that, whatever furniture we take and then donate has to be able to make it downstairs, around corners, and into basement apartments. Not all the time, but quite often. And so we feel good about giving things a second life to people who themselves are now having the second part of their life through no fault of their own.
2: You know, and I think also, Peter, it really, I think, well, you would know because you were one of uh, the people that were able to donate the chairs, right? And we just facilitate that. Um, but it really makes our clients happy too, because when you can give something a new home, um, and someone's going to love your things the same way you did. It's just a win-win all around. Well,
1: I think what's interesting is while you took out chairs and a coach, you provided a relatively new coach. How did that happen?
2: (laughs) Well, that's another part of the equation. Because we deal with multiple clients, Um, we saw – we had another client who had a perfectly good, beautiful couch. And again, we were looking for a new home for it. But like Terry mentioned, um, a lot of the Ukrainian families and the refugees that we deal with are living in smaller spaces. So they they can't take a full-size couch. They really need a, a loveseat or a chair. But um, in this case, you were able to use it because it had a larger you had a a larger space to put it in. So it's just really about connecting uh, people with need and people who have things to give, and that's where we come in. We try to facilitate that and basically find uh, match up the owners, I guess you would say.
1: Now, one of the interesting technology skills that you have is designing a plan for that senior in terms of what it would look like in their new location, tell us about how you do that.
2: That's a really cool uh, app that I that we uh, I discovered. It's called Room Sketcher. It's um, because a lot of the times the biggest hurdle often to a senior moving is a first of all they have too much stuff. The second is I don't know what I can bring and what I have to leave behind. What's going to fit? What uh, you know? And it keeps you awake at night. So the nice thing is, is we go in, we put the new floor plan in the app to scale. And then we measure all the furniture, the wish list of what people would like to bring. And then we just make sure that it works so that on move day, we know exactly what's coming, where it's going to go. And it just makes the whole process so much easier, so much more stress-free and, um, it's it's and and it saves money and time too because you know it doesn't take as long to uh, for the move process to happen.
1: So what's the name of the app again, please?
2: It's called Room Sketcher. Sketcher. Yep, Room Sketcher Pro, and um, it's just a fabulous tool. And uh, it takes a little bit of uh, learning. Uh, <laughs> it was a bit of a learning curve for me to master it. But once you've got it um, it really is a wonderful tool for uh, for our clients
1: okay so Terry back to you how do you move all this furniture
0: in know? a simplistic term we pick it up and take <laughs> it out of the room and, and <laughs> load it on the truck uh, but you have to you have to be good at angles you have to be good at technique uh, Dale, who you met when we carried your black couch out and the green couch in, is uh, 52, and I'm old enough to be his father. So it is funny at times when they see us pull up in the truck and trailer and they're waiting for the young guys to come in, but not long after when they see how quickly we work because we know what we're doing, um, we have the truck half loaded and, uh, you know, long shortly thereafter we're on our way. But a lot of it's technique, a lot of it's experience. We made it look easy bringing that nice big green couch with those big round arms into your new home or your current home. You wouldn't have thought it was so easy to get it out of the house that it was in before where we had to take off the door leading to the basement, get it down on the stairway, and then stand it up and take it out and then replace the door later on. (laughs) So it's a lot of experience.
1: So, Terry, some of the uh, furniture that you take out of people's places is not suitable for anybody. So how do you get rid of
0: surplus? There are different stages. You know, for example, when Shirley comes to see you or see others, she is going to find out what is going into your next home, your new home. That leaves something for family, and we know now that family, for the most part, doesn't want what their parents had. So then we show it to our dealer, our main dealer. We have several, but our main dealer, he may well buy it. If he doesn't buy it, then it will go to some place like Value Village or other charities, maybe Salvation Army, possibly, Karen, Karen share. Share, mm-hmm. possibly uh, Habitat for Humanity, especially if it's tool-related. And especially during COVID, uh, if it is in rough shape, it goes to the dump. It may be Keswick, it may be Markham, it may be City of Toronto. What, we've become experts on what dumps will take what items and what days they're open. Mm-hmm. What uh, dumps, for example, will take metal and which ones we have to take to metal recyclers. So we've learned all of that. And that's how we load the trailer and load the truck uh, according to where it's going on a certain day. There may be several drops. And uh, we load it in the reverse of how we take it off.
2: And. You know what? The other thing uh, I know. I'm just thinking here, Peter, when you were saying, um, I think why we do what we do is you say, how is it a social enterprise? I, we, I love when we meet somebody. We go in and people are are st- or, or they're overwhelmed? They're overwhelmed by the whole move process, and then. But as we work through it step by step and we kind of hold their hand and we and because we've done we do this all every day. So for us it's not as daunting a task, right? And then at the end of the process, once we're finished, it's that sense of I, I just feel like we've really made a difference in people's lives in the end of it all. And uh and that's very rewarding.
1: And That's exactly why you're a social enterprise. So <laughs> If you didn't know, a, a social enterprise is a for-profit, non-profit, or a charity that gives back to community, and you definitely are in that category. So having said that, I want to know, do you help people with disability? That's, that's an area that's important to me.
2: Oh, we do um, in that. Uh, as much as we can and and often we need to that comes in often in the floor planning part of the job uh, or of the process because maybe some people need uh their space to be planned to leave access for a scooter access for a wheelchair um even so in some cases a hoyer lift that really needs to be um there needs to be enough space to move around you know and keep the safe that the place safe and I think that's a very, very important part of what we do as well
1: because I think there's a a very big opportunity because that's a group that I work with is some of the people with disability and yes, and they have huge challenges, and especially if they're moving, that really makes it difficult
2: for them well, well, it really does and you know and often um we can be, we say to people, you know, uh, who, who do have physical challenges and can't do the sorting and, and, the, and the packing and the actual physical moving, we'll be your, your arms and, and legs and, and so on, but we need you to be the brains of the operation. You know, we still need, those people still need to make the decisions and, and be in charge because it's their move. We're just facilitating it for them. Right, They're still in charge of the decisions that are all made so that the place is set up to their liking and, uh, and, and for them to be safe and happy.
1: And, and many of those people, it's overwhelming for them
2: because oh, yes.
1: they may have a short period of time to make it happen.
2: Well, that's right. And often you find, too, Peter, that people put the move off um, and, they, and they leave it too late. Um, and then, uh, because they are, it is too daunting. It's overwhelming, and so they just don't make the decision in a timely fashion, and uh, and that can be a problem, too.
1: So the next area I want to tackle is, if somebody is looking to downsize in preparation for you coming in, mm-hmm. uh, one of your uh, associates told me that you should start at age 50, He's fifty. Okay. Uh, and then, yeah. And then, once you get something new in, you should get rid of two.
2: Yeah, yeah. Which, I like that idea.
1: Which I thought was uh, very bright, because a friend of mine said his approach was to pack a suitcase with clothes and let everybody else take. Ri- Take care of the rest of it.
2: I like that idea. <laughs> I we, we can do that for you if you want. <laughs> know, <it's> kind of <laughs> interesting. That, that's a little extreme, but uh, but yes, absolutely. Oh, that's but, what, that's you know what?
1: what he's going to do.
2: Well, you know, and to be honest, if we, if we do start early enough, we, we all, ha- we like to say we spend the first, uh, pick a number, two-thirds, three-quarters of our lives accumulating things. And then we spend the last two, a third or a quarter or whatever the number would be trying to get rid of it all. So, I mean, we have so much stuff in our homes, all of us, that is just superfluous. We just have it there because we never bothered to get rid of it. It's not really fulfilling any function for us anymore. We don't need it. It used to be functional, used to be useful, but we haven't used it in years. And if we do start at 50, getting rid of some of that stuff, that's a really good idea. Because the sooner you start, the less onerous the job is when you actually have to go and do it.
1: So, Terry, how about your house? Does it need downsizing? Uh
0: Actually, no. We downsized the year before we got into this business where we moved into a 1,100-square-foot condo. Uh, from a house that was between two and 3,000 square feet. I wish it was the other way around because we, we learned the hard way uh, and we would have moved a little differently. But we are in good shape, and for the most part, we do what we tell our clients. If you buy something, then get rid of something.
2: That's, That's right. We know because we've done it, so we know it can be done in a successful manner.
1: <laughs> now, you both have kids. Having said that, do they downsize or do they
0: accumulate? Oh,
2: boy. Terry, what do you think?
0: My daughter's on her own with a little tiny dog. She moved from Canada to Mexico, and she's renting. My son is married, no children, with no plans for children. They're in a condo at... Young and Finch, that's about six or 700 square feet. So, whatever they buy, okay, that's in uh, Toronto, they better be able to consume it.
2: Yes, that's in Toronto. Yeah, these
0: children are in a different situation.
2: Yeah, and uh, it's interesting. Uh, they don't, the interesting thing about it though, is though, even though both of my children live in a house now and have a couple of kids, they don't want any of our stuff. Uh, you know, they have a very, very different style. They have a different mindset. Um, you know, they have one set of white dishes. They don't have crystal and they don't have silver and they don't have Royal Daltons, And, you know, so that all of the things that were really important to our generation and the generation ahead of us just don't have any big meaning to those, to those kids anymore. So that creates a bit of a problem or a challenge when you're trying to find new homes for these things, for sure.
1: So, Shirley, where do you see the industry three years from today?
2: Uh, I see it's nothing but a growth industry, to be perfectly honest with you, because of the number of boomers uh, that are going through the system right now. Just from the fact that our Those of us over 65 are not getting any less right now, are we? You know, that uh, it's just going to become um, busier and busier, I think. I really do.
1: And Terry, how do you communicate and market the business?
0: A lot of that, we started 11 to 12 years ago. People didn't even know the category existed. So we had to go around and talk to anyone who would listen to us, but primarily the retirement home marketing personnel and also real estate personnel. Now, a lot of our business comes from referral and uh, we depend on the referral. So we do a good enough job that people refer us. But uh, Shirley has also done a lot of talks, primarily to women's groups, church groups and things of that nature and that's been a benefit as well. Uh, our cars have magnets on them. We have the usual marketing materials that you would expect of a small business. And the best thing we can do is do a good job every time out of the gate, and it comes back to us uh, in a positive fashion. Okay.
2: Yeah. Could sure. I just add one thing there, Peter? I yes. just wanted to mention that. Uh, we find that traditional advertising isn't really that effective for what we do because it's such a personal business you know we're dealing with people in the intimate parts you know of their homes and uh, it really it really helps to have a a personal referral it's a referral business for sure so
1: surely having said that do you help people downsize from a very large house to a smaller house not just into a
2: Oh, absolutely. Yes, for sure. Um, we, yes, hundred percent. We will do any size and we'll also, I mean, we, it is just seniors that we work with. We often work with, um, realtors who are helping, um, their clients, uh, declutter and put their, their houses on the market. Um, We'll work with anybody, any size, uh, but typically it is with people who are trying to deal with their stuff. That's what we specialize in, people who have too much stuff and uh, need some help dealing with it. Well, I mean, I have
1: three kids, and uh, boy, could they, they could use a downsizing
0: tomorrow. <laughs> I'm sure. There's a, there are a couple of pieces of our business that are almost invisible, but people think of us as downsizing them from their home into a condo, an apartment, or a senior's residence. But once they move into, for example, senior's residence and their health fails, which it ultimately does, we've made another good part of our business into doing internal moves where we move them down a number of floors, often to a smaller space, and that's the second phase of downsizing. The, the third phase is unfortunate, but that's when they pass, we go in and we We stop the financial clock because these places are expensive and we get their things out. We disperse them to the family or sell what we can and then the rest may go to charity or it may all well go to the dump. And that was a huge thing during COVID. Families could not get in when mom or mom and dad passed away. We were the only group in the Markham area who were allowed into the seniors facilities. We would get things out. We would be gowned and masked and tested. And then the family would meet us, they take what they want, and then we would disperse the rest. So there, we do all of the stages of the move, not just the most obvious one from a house into a building.
1: Yeah, it, Like my daughter is a grade three teacher and her husband's an electrician. And they have uh, three kids and two dogs. And I can imagine the amount of surplus that they have. Oh, yeah. Yeah
2: they
1: do <laughs> and my uh, my oldest son is in cybersecurity and um, his wife runs a hair salon and they have two dogs two rats two cats <laughs> a menagerie to put a mile in. and I yeah. imagine what it'd be like going into their place
2: it, it it's it's just amazing, you know, uh how much stuff just life we seem to accumulate over a lifetime, you know. The other thing I wanted to mention was um it's important when you're dealing with people um at a vulnerable stage in their lives, really, you know, um, that you deal with somebody that you can trust. And that's why Downsizing Diva, uh, we're members of NASM, and NASM is short term for the national association of senior and specialty move managers. That's a big thing, big, long wordy thing, but basically it is a code of ethics that we all live by. And it ensures that anyone that we bring to your home and to our clients is someone that we would trust with our own family. Um, and that's really, really important to our clients as well, because, um, we, we're stewards, shall I say, you know, in a way. Uh, and we look out for them as well, and that's really important to us.
1: And I think what's also important, Shirley, is a little bit of humor <laughs> and some bad jokes. And uh, I think that's that adds to the, uh, the quality of people that you hire as part of your team.
2: Absolutely. We like to say we deal with care, compassion, and sometimes comedy. Because, you know, you have to keep it light. It's it's a big deal. It's, it can be very emotional as well. It's an emotional journey, but you got to have some fun along the way. And uh, that's really important to us, too. It's key. It's key to a successful outcome, I think.
1: Well, Shirley and Terry, it's been a delight talking to you. And uh, last, what is your website?
2: You can find us at www.downsizingdiva.com. And um, all the information you need is right there to help you with your new move. Well,
1: thank you for your time.
0: And, thank uh, you, Peter. Thank you.
2: It's been a pleasure.